This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Zach Kolaris kneels down, has a celebratory headbutt with Brady Oliveira. Kolaris pumps the ball into the East Stands as for the first time since 1982, a team is going to a fourth straight Grey Cup. That was me. I just burst into the 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 play-by-play booth and just wanted to cheer the team on. A that bit. was I, you know, I was at you're, the game. I one, looked up at the booth, yeah, from across the field with my eagle eye vision, and said, "Who is that yelling in the background of Derek's call?" That was you, eh? Yeah, Derek. After as soon as there was like the first break, Derek said, "Can you get that out of here?" Yeah, I'm trying to. Just, you know, set the stage here for something. And he hit the mute button at the right time to say it. But what a game, four straight. Um, and yeah. Zach Caleros has set a CFL record as the quarterback of four straight, going to be a quarterback in four straight great cups. And somebody on the weekend asked me, what about the Edmonton Elks, formerly uh, the Eskimos? The yeah. Eskimos win. Um, and I said, well, I think Tom Wilkinson was a quarterback for a couple of those. And then Warren Moon took over. That's right. Yes. So that's why Zach Caleros. But. Look, I was at the game, Cam, and I I can't believe how that game went till one thirty in the morning with all those overtimes, but that's what time I got home, and um, <laughs> that was a long game, but it was worth it for sure because uh, what a game. The that's, what happens, that's what happens when you let the lion out of its cage. <laughs> that's what happens when you you uncage a lion. Ferocious it things gets, happen. It gets ferocious. <laughs> anyway, uh, we just have, I'm just happy to be alive today, and yada, yada, yada. Looking forward to the Grey Cup, but what a game. Yeah. What an atmosphere. And um, realistically, look, Kyle Walters needs a contract. We talk about Wade, like Wade Miller. We talk about the sh- job Michael shaded. Yeah. This whole organization, the depth of when Big Hill goes down and Clemens comes in and doesn't miss a beat. We know the receivers are banged up. We know there's no Dalton shown out there. Uh, we know guys have taken pay cuts to stay here. Guys have taken a pay cut to come back here in Kenny Lawler. Mm-hmm. Rashid Bailey tried to go somewhere else, and when the money was the same, said, I'll go back to Winnipeg and, and play less than I probably will with the same money here. Um, there's not enough you can say about this, and it's just an outstanding. Um, this is and and is now, I believe, tied with, should they pull this out, um, the greatest era of Blue Bomber football. Mm-hmm. And I know the 50s, I know the Kenny Plain eras yeah. and stuff, but this is rival, it's rival of it right now. Yes. And if they pull this off, I, I think it's probably, this could be the best era of Blue Bomber football. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's the stage is set, the the pieces are moving. We got to wait and see how things uh, work out here, of course. I won't be throwing around any uh, words that I would absolutely regret throwing around. I won't use it. Um, we'll wait till after Sunday for that. Yeah, and then I'll use it all Monday. Because I have some. Um, Hal was fired up, eh? Hal got into our D-word discussion a while ago, and he sent me a definition and was listening. And then and then now yes. it's like, I, I think we'll leave it till after the weekend, and we'll then we'll discuss it. it. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, again, just an absolutely wonderful game, uh, finding a way to win. Um, you know, at no point would, did BC really have uh, a footing in that game. They had opportunities to get into it, uh, but they go on to lose uh, 24 to 13. I mean, you take away uh, that Hail Mary uh, at the end of it. The defense was absolutely outstanding. And that's, Unbelievable. What, that's what Montreal used uh, to beat the Toronto Argonauts. Now, 
Now, on the start, Jim, you were you're, you're reading my mind, and I'm sure reading a lot of Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans' minds as to what happened to the Toronto Argonauts over the weekend. And I'll go back to week 17 of 21. They decide for, and this is just my perspective is what was going on there. They decide we're not going to let the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are a very good team and a very high uh, probability, will be playing these guys in the Grey Cup come uh, November 19th in Hamilton, right? Why would we give them any tape on Chad Kelly? Because we're already on. We're, we've already moved on. We're already preparing for that game. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't cross their eyes and dot their t's. Yeah. Or dot their dot their eyes and cross their t's. They didn't do it. And they decided they to rest guys. And the Bombers, listen, there's been a, a talk about this too. The Bombers have rested players. They absolutely have. They've never rested them four weeks with four weeks left into the season. You can't do it. And the thing that taught me this years ago was Peyton Manning with the Colts, the year they were undefeated. They were like 14-0, 15-0, going for six. Like they wanted to remain undefeated. Yeah. And I think it was week 16, Peyton Manning played a half, and then he sat. And then he didn't play week 17. And then they had the bye. And then he started against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Peyton Manning did not start playing well until the second half of that game. And by then it was too late. After the game, he threw his entire O-line under the bus. And for as much as I like Peyton Manning and respect him and admire him and a fan of his, I thought that was uncalled for. He was terrible. He ha- and then later on that week, when they were cleaning out their lockers, he made a statement of some sort of, I haven't played a competitive down of football in three and a half weeks. Yeah. So he was mad at his own line. There's no protection. Da, 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 In the second half, they started going, but it was too late. It was a close game, like 17-16. I think the Steelers mm-hmm. did. But I always thought of that as you can't, the bye week, if you have a bye week, you better play at least a quarter of that last regular season game. If you don't play it, then you have two weeks off. You better do something to stay fresh. Giving a football player at any position more than two weeks off and expect them to come out firing on all cylinders in a playoff game is now ridiculous to me. It's it's a situation, too, where... Every and this is what you hear from all the football players. Every, there's all the bumps. There's the bruises. Everybody is working through so much at this time of year to stay on the field, right? Nobody's coming into any of these playoff games 100 healthy. I, there's not a player on the field. As soon as you take that amount of time off, Jim, and you know this, your body starts to heal up. Yeah. You start. You start to get. You know, and that's when things start to get difficult. I mean, the starters in Calgary. Played not Zach, but played it like Brady Oliveira played yeah. a bit of that game. Absolutely, set a record and got out. He then had the rest of that game off in the bye week. Looked pretty good on the first drive. Not right? bad. He didn't look too bad. Looked nope. pretty good. Uh, and name me another starter that yes, in the last week eighteen, the last game of the regular season, yeah. you might not play, and if you do, it's not going to be much. I'm all for that. You can say a guy gets hurt. Brady. Yeah. Oliveira gets injured in the first quarter against Calgary's out for the playoffs. Do I regret that decision? Not one bit because the counter of that is what I think we saw from the Toronto Argos. Yeah. And then when you're even in there, so you take a week off against Winnipeg, then you go back in for a half or a game and then you come out the other game. Are you actually taking meaningful reps in the game that you are playing? I just, 
I, I think there's no better evidence than that yeah. destroying, dismantling of that game uh, for Toronto. But yeah. who cares? It's Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. And this is somebody thing- asked me in the weekend, what do you care less about the Toronto Argos plight of resting guys or the Edmonton Oilers situation? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really thinking of either, no, to be exactly. honest with you. You know what? And he- the thing is, Montreal, I think, is going to be a real tough team to play against. They are. I think the Bombers are going to be prepared for them. Um, I, I, well, I obviously, I think the Bombers are going to win this game uh, when all is said and done here. Um, but but Mon- they're Mon- tough, right? Now, like now, no, Montreal's, and- Montreal's defense is good. They're dealing with guys banged up. They lost Seante Evans in that game too, and he's been a big part of that team. Um, but but I'll say this about about the Alouettes: they're not going to get nine turnovers on Sunday. And that was a big reason, if not the big reason. I think it was number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight as to why they won that game it was yeah. the nine turnovers. Oh, for sure it was the nine turnovers. Yeah, I mean, and, and every if, time it was 16-3 or 16-whatever, and then they got another one and another one. If it was only five turnovers, I think the Argos would have found a way to win maybe, that game. I maybe. honestly do. I do. When is the last time you've ever said that about any game? <laughs> if it was only five turnovers. I don't know. I don't, the, the Bombers in the West Final the number of years ago, remember they had like five in the first half, and yeah. then they cleaned it up. And, but what a Saturday, right? And that's, I mean, the yeah. Bombers last year, the, the reason, look, I'm, I think they need to fear this Montreal defense. And and I, I really oh, mean abso- that. Absolutely. And I mean, they're going to have to play pretty good mistake-free football. But I think what really helps the Bombers is last year. Mm-hmm. I still say that great cup game last year against Toronto was Zach Kolaris' probably worst game in three to four seasons. Yeah. It just happened to be in the great cup. There's a couple other players that did not play anywhere near what they're capable of. So I think that kind of Montreal's got a great defense, going to be a big challenge. But I think given that they'll be, you know, ready to go by then. But it was what a great Saturday, Cam, like watching the Jets game and and watching the Jets do what we've discussed or since training camp is with this lineup is stay in and around the fight. Give yourself a chance. I thought that's what they did against Dallas and um, being out and about. And the crowd was right into that game and then just walking over to IG Field and the tailgate and too bad about the Jets. But let's go bomber like just a great sports day. And really, I started it off taking a moment at 11, 11 with my family and so did I good to see um, my sons and, you know, taking their toques off and having a moment. Of course, my three-year-old doesn't understand, but he's doing it. He will, he but, will. But the 11 year old was, it was important to him and, and mm-hmm. the importance of remembrance day. So it, to me, I just had a really good Saturday and, like I said, I, that game went to one thirty in the morning, so it was kind of Frank the Tank. Yeah, we knew you had a good time, Jimbo. <laughs> but, I mean, it just seriously, with the Remembrance Day and then the Jets and then the Bomber win, too bad the Jets couldn't eke that win out, but good yeah. effort and, and just really good sports sports day. And, and, and it all started off with paying the respects for Remembrance Let's Day. take a break. Let's come back on the other side. We'll talk about that game real briefly. We'll talk about the game against the, the, the Dallas Stars. I'll give my thoughts on it. Um, we'll also tell you about, of course, there's a game tonight. The New Jersey Devils are in town at Canada Life Center. Pre-game gets going at the 5. Devils. devils are coming. Puck drop it. at 7. Um, and then, oh, of Diablo. course, <laughs> Dios mio. Dios. Uh, and then we'll be joined by Matt Lachlan, uh, the Devils radio play-by-play voice. He'll be joining us right at 12.45. Uh, I've never us. heard those Seinfeld references ever, it's by never the way. come up a As single time. As the Devils time. broadcaster, it's never crossed those paths. Never come up. It's never come up. Um... In fact, he, he he asked me, "Do you know that? Have you seen that that episode? Okay, are, are you guys going to reference this? Because it's the first I heard of it. Some kind of Seinfeld reference to the Devils. So Matt Lockman's going to be joining us at twelve forty-five. We can if you want, Matt. Give you the info from the morning skate as well. Uh, lots to get to as the show goes on, and of course your text messages and phone calls two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. We'll be right back.
Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, when you look at that 3-2 loss to the Dallas Stars uh, on Saturday, Jim, uh, it was sort of... Listen, it's a National Hockey League. You're not going to go out there and you're not going to win every single game, especially against a really good team. But it was another it was another case of the 5-on-5 play was right. If you look at the play 5-on-5 five five for a majority of that game, the Winnipeg Jets were the better team. Um, it's just things that got to get cleaned up. It's the shorthanded goal. It's the power play goal out, and, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, 0 for 3 on the power play. You really need one against a team like Dallas oh, yeah. and allowing one against. I, I mean, Dallas gets four power plays. They're going to get at least a goal, I think. But you really needed a power play goal. But they pushed back, right? And I, I, I like the way they fought and and um, came back. Brendan Dillon's on an absolute heater, by the way. Look at this kid go. <laughs> Look at this kid. Um, but yeah, so is he in the is he in the Norris Trophy conversation? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? No. Oh but come he, on! But if it was the defensive defenseman award that it should be. And the other offensive defenseman was the Norris. Oh, there should be two awards. There's no doubt. But um, yeah, no, I I like the way they played. They got down and and some mistakes were made, but they came back and and pushed hard. Uh, Dallas is deep, right? Like Duchesne is is providing some really good depth scoring. Mm. And I was a big fan last year of Wyatt Johnston, and I'm a big fan of his again this year. He's a young player, 19 years old. As Paul Edmond said during the broadcast, he could be playing in the OHL this year. And he's in his second NHL team. But that's why I have Dallas winning the Central. It's just they're so deep. Um, Ottinger and Hellebuck was interesting watching, or sorry, it was Wedgwood. But I was looking towards getting an Ottinger Hellebuck would be interesting battle. Uh, and I think next time they play, we'll get that. Still to come, Matt Lachlan, Devils Radio Play by Play Voice, will join us at 1245. And info, what was going on at the morning skate? And we'll hear more from the Jets when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, well, well. Well, Look well, well. It is. Well. Skyler Pistol Pete. Peters. How you doing? Hollywood returned. Doing well, boys. Aloha and hello. Thank you. Am I? Am I? Mahalo. Mahalo. I did not learn much Hawaiian. Why would you? It is 100% English there. Yeah. A lot of signage was Hawaiian and street oh. names. Like, I could not name a street name there. I sounded like a guy from Manitoba. Looked like a guy from Manitoba, um. pasty white. <laughs> but. I'm not even going to try to say anything because I'm going to sound offensive if I try. Yeah, great people there. Though. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Recommend you I go. Know. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I'm world, We'd love to. I'd have a World War love II guy. Love to go so, to Hawaii you know, one day. I might. <laughs> I'd only go for like Pearl Harbor. That's what I would go to see. Yeah, that like, uh, and I think every island has its own kind of experience. Maui was like a They're beachy, so laid back. You know, They're, each island is so different. Like you think it's like oh, it's just some tropic island, but they all have different e- ecosystems. Some of them are like. For, for pineapple growing, other ones are like ranches and yeah. whole families own other islands and have like held on did to you, them for years. Did you go to Pearl Harbor? No, it was on, that's on, um, it's on the same oh. island as Oahu. Okay. I think yeah. it's with Honolulu, yeah. same island as Oahu. Yeah, so that's uh, like two over from Maui. Just to localize, I remember Nolan Baumgartner telling me now once, Moose assistant coach and former player, his, his wife, so his father-in-law, his wife's dad, and I'm not kidding, was like an admiral in the U.S. Army, like higher than a general. Oh, that's crazy. And um, he told me once they went to, to there for vacation and, and got the sort of military tour, not just the tourist tour of Pearl Harbor. And was just like he was telling me stories of it. They were underwater and it just like he goes, oh, my so, God. I mean, it's the obviously 
it is what it is with Pearl Harbor, but just to see that and get that access to it was outstanding. So yeah, it's an amazing historical yeah. place. Yeah, and uh, I'd I mean, love to go see it one day. Yeah. They've not not the same thing, but obviously the fires they've been through on Maui, it, yeah. like devastating yeah, to totally. so many people out there, and you could see the impact. Um, but they're very great. Looked like they're very grateful for you know tourism to resume and. Um, the last night I went for dinner there and the guy said like this week and next with American Thanksgiving, uh, they're expected to be so busy with a lot of trips that were rescheduled and stuff. So, uh, and he was very appreciative of that. So economy, it's good to see. Yeah. It's easy to be happy living in Hawaii. You know, maybe it we can go back hard. next weekend, Skylar, yeah. and we'll work some more. Yeah, sure. Take it off. Thanks, Skylar. Thanks, yeah. boys. Skylar, summer car and trips to Hawaii. 204-780-6868. What are we doing? 780 Lots. Lots. Everything. Everything, I, Jimbo. I, I just look, I look back at, at Skylar's. He's sitting at yeah, his desk, standing, oh. always standing at his desk. I see desk. him, and I'm like. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? If I would have been smarter I? when I was his age, I'd be doing the same thing as him. <laughs> 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. All right, here's the lines for the morning skate. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, in fact, no surprises anywhere. Uh, Connor Hellebach um, is the starter in the net. Connor, Shifley, Ayafalo on the top line. Everything's staying the same. Perfetti, Nemestikov, Ehlers, Niederreiter, Lowry, Appleton, uh, Barron, Gustafson, and Kupari. A defensive lines, Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan, and Pionk, Sandberg, and Schmidt, and then Stanley, um, the seventh defenseman with uh, Declan Chisholm being sent to the Moose uh, for conditioning uh, last week or over the last little bit. Uh, power play staying the same too as well. Connor Shifley, Morrissey, Perfetti, Iafalo getting some reps, and then the second unit: Ehlers, Nita Ryder, Nemestikov, um, uh, Nate Schmidt, and then Neil Pionk. Um, so, what do you think about this game coming up here? We're gonna have we're gonna have uh, Matt Lachlan, uh, Devils Radio play by play voice, coming up at twelve forty five. He's going to be joining us to really dig into it. But what's your thoughts about this matchup coming up here? Well, it's another tough test, right? It's yeah. um, this is the New Jersey Devils, and I know they have some injuries right now. But this yeah. is I, I like everything about the Devils and what they put together. Um, but they're missing some big guns, so this is going to be. There's no Hughes, and there's um, no Heischer. And so that that leaves the door open for the Winnipeg Jets, but they're still pretty loaded. Um, Timo Myers on the top line, Tyler Toffoli the second. They've spread it out a little bit more. Michael McLeod, Dawson Mercer, Eric Halla, Chris Tierney down the middle. Pardon me. They, they got then, a lot of depth at forward still beyond. I mean, of course, you're missing your two really former decor. first overall picks, but yeah, so but it's still I, pretty solid. I think this is a team that the Jets can beat, and I think it's. Um, I remember when they came in last year towards the end of the year and the Jets really needed a win and the Jets beat them and they were fully loaded. And I think that was after the Meyer trade, I believe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he was on the lineup. So um, this is much the same. I think the Jets have to get their power play going once again. And it was pretty hot going into the Dallas game and then went 0 for 3. Uh, if they can get a couple on that and, and go toe-to-toe with this lineup. But um, without Hughes, Hughes, like I think I read but when Hughes got injured, he was on pace for Gretzky numbers. Yeah. Um, and I know I don't, I, people say, well, what about McDavid numbers? Now Gretzky outproduced, um, McDavid and the game was much different. So that's why I think it's ridiculous that Hughes was on pace, um, to put up some Gretzky number seasons. Now on pace means one thing, right? And yeah. as the season goes on, but, uh, uh, so that's a huge loss, but I, I think the jets can, can pull this out tonight. And I like the way they played against Dallas. I like the way yep. they came back. Um, and so I think they have to stay out of the box, Cam. Like, I think they're taking a few too many, but 
Uh, I think I, I like this matchup. I'm intrigued by it. Particularly with the New Jersey Devils, as some will get well into Matt Lachlan with. I mean, they're top of the league right now. They have the best power play. And, and again, they've been missing Jack since the beginning of the month. Uh, Nico's been missing, been out of action since uh, in, since uh, later in, in October. And so it's been kind of a tougher stretch here. And just to, you know, Jack, uh, Jack Hughes, when he did go down, um, uh, he was uh, over those first uh, 10 games. He had five goals, 15 assists for 20 points. And so, yeah, um, on to some fantastic numbers and just one of the bright stars and bright uh, pieces of the bright future here um, in the National Hockey League. Um, here's an interesting quote from Scott O'Neill, associate coach of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, following the morning skate in, in, in regards to the, to, the, to the schedule for the Winnipeg Jets. And if you've noticed, because I felt like over the last number of years, uh, the Jets have had just brutal starts. Um, and, and that's not to say that there's not going to be tough stretches over the next little bit. From January 30th at the, I mean, from at December 30th at the end of the month for 15 days, they're going to be playing nine games um, starting on on December 30th. So there is there is going to be nine games in 15 days. So there is going to be some tough stretches here. Uh, but so far, they've had six extra days uh, between games. And here's associate coach Scott O'Neill on that. I better turn my computer on here first, though, so that we can hear. Yeah, that. I think that, you know, I think Bones, I think, talked about it at the start of the year. This is probably one of the best uh, schedules we've The schedule, is it a little less daunting? Was it yeah. a good decision for them to extend the end of the season to allow for some more of these extra days? Yes, it was. I, I don't know a coach that, and this is the time, that they get into October and they get through the month and they would love some practice time. They'd like to work on some things yeah. after the, about 10 games. They'd like to look at where they're at, try to fix mm-hmm. some things. And um, this is one of their better schedules I've seen in about two or three years. The back-to-backs are down, but also just the time to practice. I hear that yeah. all the time. And it's really hard when you have your mandated one day off a week and then you have to travel. And then I also noticed that the Jets are staying overnight, like in Calgary or Edmonton. I think they stayed over. They've done it several in several places. And from from I don't know if that's the case this year, but in years past, I know they've sort of as a team decided Do you guys want to get in at two thirty in the morning and be home by three thirty and have the day off. Or do you want to, you know, have a meal, go to bed and uh, get up, fly home, be home at 11 or noon, yeah. but be rested. And so I wonder if that's something the players have decided that they'd like to do more of. So Yeah. Yeah, but it, I think it's been it's been kind of a breath of fresh air, that's for sure. And and, and about that, as we take a break here, um, it, it's it's about having that little bit extra because at this point in the season, you're starting to understand a little bit of trends. You start to get to know what this edition is. You can some things, yeah, fix some things. What this year's edition of the Winnipeg Jets are like. Let's take a break. Let's come back. On the other side, Matt Lachlan, Devils Radio play-by-play voice, will be joining us. Got lots to get to. Well, got lots of stuff to ask him, and make sure you stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Eight degrees here on November 14th, which I'm sure uh, is a surprise to our guest, Matt Lachlan, Devils radio play-by-play voice, uh, joining us uh, here on 680 CJOB, joining Jim Toth and myself. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well, fellas, and yeah, a bit of a surprise. I didn't expect it to be way below freezing but uh the sun is shining and it's a beautiful day here and we'll take it every time it's the sunshine you bring to our beautiful province matt we appreciate it <laughs> uh how are the devils dealing with the injuries how, how are they been playing out, out of such a the gate such a great start and i was just mentioning hughes was on gretzky like numbers pace um how are they doing without he and uh hughes and the other injuries 
Yeah, as you would expect, it eventually catches up with you. They were able to sustain some success without them, but when you lose your top two centers, and truthfully, two number one overall picks, so not just any top-line centers, uh, you know, there's going to be a filter-down effect, and the guys are filling in as best as they can, but there is a little bit of an effect that it's had on the team in terms of their offensive ability. But that being said, where the Devils have really struggled this year is on the defensive side of things. They're giving up more goals uh, than you would expect. Last year, while they could score, they were among the higher-ranked teams in goals against, and that's not been the case this year for a variety of reasons. But it's got to start in the defensive end. They have to be a little harder to play against. They've got to win some of those 50-50 battles that they've not. And, yeah, you know, talk about goaltending. You want to get a little bit better there and st- stops when, when you need them. But, yeah, they, they've missed those top two guys unquestionably. It looks like Jack's return is on the near horizon. Nico a little farther along. But, really, for this team to have success tonight, going to have to start in the back end and, and lead them from there. How have things been for Timo Myers? I mean, he scored three uh, times in his last five games, but over that same stretch, minus nine, um, uh, uh, what, what sort of the expectation of where he, you know, the team expects him to take his game over the rest of the season? Yeah, I think we're still trying to figure out, even though he had a little bit of a tryout, if you will, after being acquired from San Jose, but I think we're still last year, I think we're still trying to figure out just who he is and where he fits in and how he fits in. I think from an offensive side of things, he spoke this morning, he, he has realized he needs to get a little closer to the net. You know, everybody says that, but he's got the big body and he can find himself down low. And it's a game the way it's played today. You're not going to have to pay much of a price as you might have 20 years ago. So he can create some space for himself down there. I, I think he's feeling the pressure, a little bit of justifying the contract. Uh, so I, I think you you point out, you know, his, his minus numbers and we know that that, that has fallen just a little bit out of favor, but it means a lot to me. <laughs> you've been off for more than you've scored, uh, and that's a big thing in this game. So uh, he needs, you know, he needs to be along with everybody else more defensively aware. You know, he was saying this morning that, you know, when we're in the defensive end, we've got to win the battles first, which he thinks they've they've lost too many. But he said because we're thinking, hey, we'll just, we'll just get the puck and we'll go. And maybe he was talking more about himself, like, okay, I'm supposed to score. I had 40 last year. So once we get out of here, I don't have to necessarily help us get out of here. Once we get out of here by winning the battle, I'll take off on the other end. And I think that that is a bit of a team-wise uh, wide malaise as well, thinking, hey, we can score. And they can, but forgetting that you've got to stop the other side too. So, uh, you know, I think the goal scoring has eased some of the pressure on him lately, but now he's got to figure it out defensively as well. He's got the big body. He throws some mean hits. Yeah. So he's got all the tools to be an elite power forward. We just haven't seen it as much as we would have liked. I saw a funny thing on social media the other day where a Devils fan was really frustrated at a game and said, go get Hellebuck and end this. And uh, I was kind of chuckling about that. Um, but, Matt, in all seriousness, how much have the goals against been on goaltending? And, and how concerned are you with the two guys that uh, the Devils have? Or, or um, has it been more defensive breakdowns? I think it has been more that. But at the same time, the goalies are paid <clears throat> to stop pucks. And they hate that. You know, you should have gotten that. But that is the truth. And it's, it's timely, right? So the Devils didn't get off to a good start the other night against Washington. And, Akira Schmidt was pulled after allowing two goals on five shots. And and the second goal 
was a ramper off the stick of Luke Hughes. Now, it was longer distance, but it still was redirected over Vitek's right shoulder and in. And that was it. Lindy said he didn't think he was having a good start. He didn't want to wait. And maybe that's what he could have had because it was a little long distance. Yes, it was redirected. There was no traffic in front of him. And so those saves had been missing just a little bit this year. You know, neither he nor Akira Schmidt last year were, were gangbusters. They were good. Uh, VTech won 33 games. He's the only devil goalie in history. <laughs> then Marty Brodeur to have 30 or more in the season. So you can't take that away from him. Uh, but they didn't win with their goaltending. Now they're going to have to win a little bit more with their goaltending because some of their defensive lapses. And, you know, I think the goalies have paid the price a little bit. So could they be a little better? For sure. I mean, if you look at their save percentage, and I know it's, you know, my partner Chico Resch says often, especially this year, he goes, forget about save percentage. It's not going to be as high as it once was. The game is different. The numbers are coming down. But both guys are below 90, and, and, and that's not good. Yeah, the team's still 7-5-1, and one, still lots of runway left here. We only got about 30 seconds, so I'll, I'll ask you, Matt, what do you, how do you feel about the game tonight? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, this, this is a game where, uh, and Chico and I were just talking about it, a slow start is not an option. Devils have not historically played well in Winnipeg, and it's not just that they've lost. They've lost some blowouts. So they cannot afford to fall behind a, a team that, is probably looking at the Devils the same way. This we're home. We got to grab this. So the intensity will be there. It has to be there for the from the Devils standpoint right from the get go. It will be a challenge. Uh, we'll see which team rises to the occasion. It's just one out of eighty two. But I think for the Devils, they need to regain some of their form and some sense of identity. So it, it's a critical one tonight for sure. Have a great call today, Matt, and please leave the nice weather you brought with you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough, because it is a beauty, no doubt about it. All right. Always th- be well. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks, Matt. No, really appreciate you taking the time to, to pop on the show, and we'll, we'll talk again soon. Uh, Matt Lachlan, uh, Devils Radio play-by-play voice, uh, joining us there. Jim Toth. This is a game the Jets could take. Yeah, this is going to be a really great game. Yeah, I'm intrigued by this um, one. You know, he shears out. You know, uh, Hughes is out. But listen, this is a real quick team. This is a real fast team. Um th- they're going to figure out all this stuff, the defensive issues, the goaltending. I think is going to come here. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think, I think they've accepted in the off season. They're not going to have lights out goaltending for the, this course of the season, but they're going to have to find other ways to win. That's what I think. Yeah. And they'll, when reinforcements get back and they get healthy, yeah. uh, they'll clear up the defensive play too. If Lindy Ruff has anything to do with yeah. it, which he does. So it'll be a great game and a great opportunity for the jets to take advantage of a depleted lineup, but should be a good one tonight. Pre-game at five puck drop at seven right here on 680 CGOB. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forte for producing the show. Jim Toth. We'll take you all the way until three o'clock. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.